Support for this podcast comes from Smart Recruiters, the hiring success company. Smart Recruiters is an enterprise-grade talent acquisition suite designed for hiring success. Move beyond applicant tracking with a modern platform that provides everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. From candidate relationship management, sourcing and recruitment marketing, to screening, selection and offer management, experience a talent acquisition suite with a user experience that candidates, hiring managers and recruiters all love. Companies from Kelly Services to Visa to Bosch leverage smart recruiters to achieve hiring success and expand their business. Visit Smart Recruiters at www.smartrecruiters.com to find out why companies across the globe consider them the number one ATS replacement. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 155 of the Recruiting Feature Podcast. In our current age of noise, distraction and shrinking attention spans, employer branding has never been more important as a strategy to help employers stand out and attract exceptional talent. But are current approaches to employer branding fit for purpose? And what could employers be doing differently to get competitive advantage? To discuss all this and more is my guest this week, David Thompson. David is an employer branding veteran and founder of new employer brand consultancy, People Brand. Enjoy the interview. Hi, David, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Matt. Great to speak to you. Delighted to be here. Pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure, no problem. Thanks. Okay, so I'm David Thompson. Um, I've worked in employer brand agencies for about 25 years, um, most recently working for Penna, uh, and I was head of agency for 33. Um, I've recently just set up my own business called People Brand, and my passion and specialism is employer branding, um, and finding out why companies are great organisations to work for and helping them to tell that story. So we've we've worked together in the past, so um, very familiar, uh, very familiar w- with your work. And I know that you're, um, you know, someone who's passionate about employer branding and always has their finger on the pulse in terms of what's going on. So how would you describe the sort of the current state, the current status of employer brand? Good question. Good question. I, I think we're at a bit of a tipping point and and let me explain the story behind it um i think the way we approach employer branding at the moment what we refer to as employer branding is still in a way uh, kind of better job advertising uh, if you like um so there's a focus on the employer but the focus on branding isn't quite there yet and i think this is going to become more and more important over the next few years um my starting point for this thought process was uh, some research I was reading recently from Deloitte, where they were talking about the kind of preferences and, and behaviours of millennials uh, and their uh, attitudes towards um, em- employers and, and their future employers. And it was basically saying they're becoming more and more concerned about their um, corporate social responsibility um, credentials um, and want to know that they're working for the good guys and are being more and more driven by sentiment rather than just the job prospect. And it got me thinking, you know, 
are we set up for this in the future? Um, is employer branding in the right place to be meeting the needs of kind of the next generation of, of, of job seekers? Um, and I was also thinking about the way we've changed uh, in, in our consumer um, shopping behavior and, and, and our attitudes to brands. Um, and the fact that we've all become more sentimental. Uh, we all love storytelling now, for example. You know, we love the hero journey of our brands, you know, brands like Innocent and Airbnb and, and Nationwide. And your recent podcast with Shane Snow was, you know, he was telling us about the power of storytelling and how it produces more dopamine in the brain and, and uh, how we just remember brands more when, when storytelling is attached to it. So we've all become more used to storytelling. We're all becoming more socially aware and we're all looking for more validation when we're making purchases. So we're all looking at TripAdvisor and Amazon for, for validation that we're, we're buying the right things. And I think what we're starting to see is this happening more and more in, in employer branding. Um, we're starting to see audiences wanting to you know, validate whether they're working for the good guys or not by looking at uh, employer reviews on, on Glassdoor and on Indeed. Um, we're wanting to see the social um, credentials of any organisation. Um, and we want to hear the story. We want to hear the story of why they're a unique, differentiated employer. Um, so this is kind of what the audience is wanting and how we're changing. Um, but the question I'm asking is, you know, are we doing this in employer branding? Are we doing enough to kind of meet these needs? It's, it's, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I, I remember back to, um, you know, my very first job in recruitment marketing was working for uh, was working for The Guardian, the, um, the big national newspaper in the UK. And at the time, it used to carry lots of um, uh, lots and lots of print recruitment ads. And I, the first time I came across employer branding was when my my manager uh, introduced me to the concept. And she said, when you're on the phone talking to these agencies and employers, um, mention employer branding. Um, and I said to her, well, what's employer branding? And she said, I've got no idea, but it basically, basically means they'll buy a bigger ad and it might have color in it. Um, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that, um, uh, the, the way that, uh, we think about employer branding has, has, has moved on massively, um, massively from there. I mean, you know, to, to sort of answer your, answer your own question, I mean, do, you know, do you think, um, where employer branding is now is, is, is a good place to sort of meet the, the, the changing needs that you're talking about? I think we've got some work to do. Um, I still think we approach uh, employer branding very much from kind of an inside out um, process. If you think about how, you know, your favorite consumer brands kind of win your affections and, and, and win your attention, um, they've got some very definite kind of um, uh, very defined ways that they go about building a brand. You know, they make sure they differentiate, that they're completely different to the competition. They make sure they understand their audience first and foremost. So they're looking at what the emotional need of the audience is and what their product or service is going to do to, to fill that need. Um, they find a really, really unique voice and then they maintain that really, really consistently. So if you think, you know, brands like Nike, Walt Disney, for example, uh, or uh, you know, winning winning your hearts with with their, their emotional uh, activity. John Lewis, Dyson are kind of more pragmatic in the way they go about it, but they know exactly what kind of emotional reaction they're trying to elicit from you. I don't think we've mastered that in employer branding yet. We still kind of put down a list of the things that we think are good about working for our organization and then kind of throw them out there without really understanding our audience very well and understand what kind of reaction we're trying to elicit from them. So I think we're kind of approaching it slightly wrong. We still kind of approach it very much from a process point of view um, and kind of build our story from 
you know, the inside out, you know. Um, and if you think about the, the, the kind of process that Nike would go through, for example, you know, they would win your heart first with their brand marketing. You know, there would be, um, you know, just do it, win that, you know, win your heart with their, their kind of really exciting proposition. Only then would you look at their products on their website, their trainers or their sports clothing and make your purchase decision so they understand that we, we build the brand first and then we get people to make the purchasing decision but in employer branding we kind of work in resources we kind of work the other way around you know the first contact that the audience has with us usually at the moment is, is in the job listing um, it's the functional specification they see first then we try and win them over with our career site information or our social media content so we're trying to win their hearts and minds after we've showed them the functional specification so it kind of feels like this is all a bit the wrong way around you know and i think it's because we don't naturally think like marketeers yet you know a marketeer wouldn't take a brand to market without understanding their audience first and wouldn't stick their products out there without having any understanding of what the market is wanting and what they're trying to fulfill so you know, I think we need to think more like marketeers, basically. And that's an easy thing to say to resourcing people. But I think there's a new kind of skill set that needs to be adopted where we start off by thinking about our audience first and foremost and how we're going to differentiate and what exactly we're trying to say and what kind of emotional reaction we're trying to elicit. So one of the one of the most interesting things for me is the the actual rebranding of employer brand Um as talent brand which is something that um we're kind of seeing more and more and i think the you know the the reasoning and the thinking behind that um is all about um the voice of employees um and and giving that sort of authentic um access to uh you know to an audience to see to you know to see what the companies to see what the company's really like but but i'm guessing that that actually um you know effective employer branding or talent branding whatever you want to call it, it you know is, is about much more than that it's about actually sort of you know creating um and executing on a compelling compelling sort of unified story as well i'd imagine isn't it it is but yeah uh, it's i think in the past employer branding has, has largely been driven from the top down um so we've had a habit of kind of getting our chief executive or some senior people in the organization to say okay this is what i once said um but that's not really meeting needs of the audience that we're that we're seeing developing you know they want to hear authenticity they want to hear the real voice of the organization so i think there's a real shift now towards wanting to capture those authentic voices um, but those authentic voices need to be kind of underpinned by uh, a kind of consistent narrative because the danger is if you go out to your business and just get lots and lots of people to kind of say why they like working there you end up with a kind of very muddied picture lots and lots of people saying different things so i think you know, a good employer brand uses authentic voices, but, but builds a framework of a strong employer value proposition uh, for them to work around. So they know the points that they are making. I think that's really interesting and it, it kind of makes a, a lot of sense. I suppose, you know, my, my next question is something that comes up um, in employer branding all the time. And it certainly comes up in the, um, you know, the consulting that I do that, um, you know, a, across a particular industry, um, all employer brands tend to sort of look, look exactly, look exactly the same. And, um, you know, there, there isn't any differentiation for, uh, you know, people looking to sort of work at one company, um, 
over over another i mean how how do you think that's happened and um how do you think um companies might avoid that in the future i think it happens because it's kind of you know we're built the employer brands from the inside out so we do it without researching our market and without understanding exactly what our competitors are saying and how we can be different and how we can make something feel different and sound different so i think you know we haven't done our homework well enough in the past you know and i would encourage anyone who's putting you know going through the process of building their employer value proposition and putting an employer brand together to start off by really looking at the competition and understand what they're saying and make sure what you're saying is, is, is different as a starting point. After that, it's, it's about finding that true voice of the organisation. You know, you're right, when we look at lots of employer brands, they all kind of look and sound the same in many cases. But when I spend time with these organisations, they're all so different. You know, So I think it's about capturing that realistic voice um, and really probing, doing lots and lots of focus groups within the organisation, getting to the bottom and distilling what really, really makes you different. Um, so it's all about doing your homework, I think, Matt. It's rather than just kind of, you know, reading off five or six things that you think is great about working in the organisation. Um, it's doing your homework, doing your research, understanding what the outside world, look, you know, is, is saying, being different, maintaining your tone of voice and being confident. I think we've also got a little habit within resourcing that, that we like to kind of slip into stuff that looks a bit like our competitors. It feels comfortable. But going back to the world of brand marketing, you know, that's the last thing you want to do. You know, you want to create something which is totally different to your competitors. So, again, I think it's just about having a slightly different mindset and being excited and not being scared of, of being different and saying different things. I literally couldn't agree with you more on on, on that one. Um, and what about um, you know what about technology? We've we, we've seen that sort of technology is becoming pervasive in every um, almost every aspect of um, re- recruitment marketing. Is technology a help or, or a hindrance when it comes to employer brand? Both, I think, man. Um, I think you know. Technology is great for the recruitment process. It allows us to bring candidates through a a better journey. Um, But I still think that, again, because most of the people we are, our backgrounds is mainly resourcing, we tend to think about the recruitment process, but kind of forget about the story. Um, So, you know, we will come into a recruitment process and kind of see a really nice career website, but then go through the application process and all of a sudden that emotional connection that you've made starts to break down a bit you know and you go through what's called a functional application process and uh, and then into an interview process and by the end of the process you've lost all of that kind of emotional connection you had at the start so technology can, can be a great facilitator and a great assistant in helping us make a better process but it can also be an obstacle in that it can break down that kind of emotional connection that we're making and i think we need to, again, again, think like marketeers, you know. The great brands that we love have this lovely, you know, these golden threads going throughout their whole kind of purchasing process, you know, with Amazon, with Nike, whoever it is, Apple in particular, you know, all the way through that process of buying a product and their after sales as well. That, that emotional connection is retained. So we've got to make sure we do more of that, I think, in, 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 in resourcing. I, I think that's a fantastic point because, um, you know, it's something I see time and time again where – uh, someone has obviously invested a lot of time and effort in, um, you know, in in the sort of the front end of their um, of the, of their of their talent attraction, but um, you know, literally 
as soon as you reach uh, you as soon as you hit the apply button um you know that all disappears and you're 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 kind of into often a quite um uh, a quite grueling and unuser-friendly process so yeah absolutely i think that's uh um you know that's definitely a, a, a fantastic a fantastic point yeah and i think it's possibly you know there's a realization that this is the case um because we're seeing the introduction of more and more employer brand managers in organizations now you know this used to be just the kind of you know you'd only find these people in you know big four consultancies or uh, in, in major corporate banks but we're starting to see it appearing in more and more kind of mainstream organizations now uh, as organizations realize actually someone's got to take control of this you know someone's got to take control of this brand and this storytelling and make sure that it's being told really really consistently right the way through the process so i think we're kind of waking up to it but we've, we've got a bit of work to do and what about um measurement um you know measurement's always been a bit of a, a thorny issue in employer brand and i'm still seeing um you know large large companies who invest huge amounts of money in employer brand um arguing about um how how best to how best to measure it what what's what's your perspective on measuring the the, the kind of return on investment here it's it's a thorny issue isn't it you know measuring an employer brand uh, at the moment and again the, there is a difference in the world of brand marketing there is a separation um between what the expectations of a brand and the expectations of a sales campaign for example um, and i think we still lump the two together so most of our systems of measurement at the moment are still kind of fairly hard metrics around number of you know a number of applications or you know number of hires or cost per hire but in the world of brand marketing, you're focused much more on sentiment. You know, are people reacting positively to your brand and therefore you know, will they feel more disposed to purchasing your products in the future? So, you know, the systems of measurement that will be used in the world of brand are, are, are using, uh, you know, services like Brandwatch or YouGov to kind of measure the sentiment towards a brand. And then there'll be a totally different set of measures for sales. You know, how many pairs of trainers did we sell? You know, the, the, the two are, are very, very separate. Whereas in the world of employer branding at the moment, we're asking people, you know, to, to build a brand and create this sentimental kind of attachment, but not actually measuring if that's having any effect. All we're measuring is what the final output is, you know, how many applications we get. So I think we haven't quite got that right either. We need to start separating out the two. So, uh, final question. Um, there'll be lots of people listening from uh, companies who, who who haven't sort of got to the stage of having their own um, employer brand manager, um, and indeed, probably many companies sort of listening who you know don't feel that they've done much work at all around their employer brand or their or their talent brand. What, what would your advice be to? Um, a company sort of looking at this for the first time or wanting to, uh, you know, radically overhaul what they've done in the past? Well, how, how should they get started? I think the first thing to do, Matt, is nail your employer value proposition. Understand, you know, what makes you unique. Understand why anybody would want to come and work for you and why your employees would stay with you. I'm always amazed, you know, when my experience of, of working within agencies, going to see clients, you sit down and talk to them and say, okay, why would anyone come and work here? 
so often you find people just kind of shrug their shoulders and go, we're not actually that sure. You know? um, so if you really understand what makes you different and makes you understand why your people are passionate and you create an employee value proposition that every single employee can look at and nod and go, yeah, I recognize that, you're off to a really, really good start. After that, it's just a question of telling the story intelligently in the right places at the right time and getting the words and pictures right and using film and things like that. But if you haven't got your employee value proposition nailed, all subsequent work that you will do will be wrong. It's like trying to put IKEA furniture together without reading the instructions. You kind of put it together on your instinct and you get to the end and go, ah, right, that first thing I did is wrong. So I've now got to undo all of the work that I did to get back to, to, to get the first part right. So get your EVP right first time. Research it really, really well. Run focus groups, run surveys. Look at your competitor landscape. Look at what your competitors are saying and make sure you're not saying the same thing. Once you've done that, once you've done your homework, you've got your EVP nailed, you're on, you're on a good footing to start actually starting to tell the stories and say the right things to the right audiences. David, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much, Matt. It's been a pleasure. My thanks to David Thompson. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.